0: Welcome to the barbend podcast, where we talk to top athletes, coaches, influencers, and minds from around the world of strength sports presented by barbend.com. In this episode, I'm talking to Sean Waxman, one of the most well-known and accomplished active weightlifting coaches in the United States. Sean has been active in weightlifting for decades, and he opened one of the West Coast's first weightlifting-only training facilities. He's coached athletes at the local, national, and international levels, and he currently sits on the board of USA Weightlifting. Sean is prolific when it comes to coaching, hosting seminars, and working with athletes from a variety of backgrounds and skill levels. In addition, Sean was one of the first dedicated weightlifting coaches to embrace the sport's growth potential via CrossFit and he's had a presence in that community for over a decade. In our conversation, Sean brings up a fascinating story about how he discovered CrossFit and his immediate thoughts on what it could mean for the growth of weightlifting both in the U.S. and abroad. It's definitely one of the more interesting stories to ever come up in a Bar Bend podcast recording. And just a quick reminder, if you're enjoying the Barb podcast, make sure to leave a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. This helps us stay on track in bringing you the best content possible week after week. And if there's someone you'd absolutely love to hear on a future Barb podcast episode, let us know in your podcast review. I personally read each and every review, so your suggestions will be seen. All right, today on the Barbend Podcast, we are talking to an old friend of mine and a name fans of American weightlifting are very familiar with, and that is Sean Waxman, creator and owner of Waxman's Gym and coach to many top athletes, and certainly a personality in the space. Sean, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Dave. It's a, it's an honor always to chat with uh, the likes of, uh, of of someone of your ilk.
0: You should you should hang out with different people. That's my advice if that's your response. Uh Sean, just to give folks a little bit of a background, how long have you been involved in the sport of weightlifting and how long has coaching been your primary your your day job, really?
1: Well, you know, I got involved in weightlifting because I wanted to coach. Uh I wanted to be a strength conditioning coach initially after I realized that, um, I would probably kill somebody if I went to medical school. Um, so, uh, after I walked away from medical school, I wanted to coach and at, after doing research, now research back then obviously wasn't the internet. This is over 25 years ago. Uh, I realized that the snatch the clean and jerk were the best tools to for a strength coach to be able to learn and not just snatch the clean and jerk but all the exercises that surround it to learn it you know the squatting and the pressing in my estimation, nobody does those exercises better than a weightlifter because we have to do them with precision because or else snatch the clean and jerk won't get better so i said okay i got to learn this stuff so the for, for me, I'm a kind of all in guy. So I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be a weightlifter so I can really get a, a, a deep understanding of these movements and how to teach them, how it feels and how, what it does to the body, all that stuff. So I could be a better teacher. And so that's how I, that's why I started weightlifting, actually. Um, and I gave up football, you know, football was a, was a path that I was on and, and I needed something to fill that void. Uh, where I wouldn't end up crippled because I was having some neck stuff. And so weightlifting was just it kind of, it, it, it met, it checked a lot of boxes for me. And I came out to California in 94 and uh, to start grad school to, to learn the biomechanics of weightlifting. I, I studied with John Garham, who was really, I think, the best. Wealthy biomechanist um, in the history of the sport, but I I might be, I'm probably biased. Well, yeah, I know I'm biased, but uh, he was definitely the most influential biomechanist in this hemisphere. And to study under who I at the time I thought was the best coach in the country, Bob DiCano. And he was a science guy, biology guy. I was a biology guy. And uh, I took a real, I read some articles from him early on that made sense. Uh, really the, he, he was talking about weightlifting in a way that made a lot of sense to me, uh, talking in, the language of science. So I said, all right, this, this, this is probably going to work. So I came out, uh, drove out to California and, and started this, uh, this, this journey 25 years ago, uh, and, um, became weightlifter and a student of biomechanics and, uh, It was cool, and at the same time, I was coached. Soon after I came out, uh, I got a job working as the the strength coach for Los Angeles City College for the men's basketball. And uh, from that point on, I just I I worked my way through different coaching jobs, professional level, college level, uh, um, high school. And, uh, then I, I eventually opened up my own strength and conditioning business, which is pure strength a million years ago. And then, um, when about 10 or so years ago, when CrossFit came in, into the scene, uh, I had always, my, my goal was always to open up a weightlifting kit. That was my first love. I love strength and conditioning not get me wrong, but you know, I, I love, weightlifting the most and this is, there was no opportunity it just didn't I mean, there's no way i was gonna have a business that uh, which with just selling the, the snatch and the clean and jerk but uh, when crossfit hit my radar uh it's kind of a weird just uh, uh sequence of events and then i just it just i realized this was the time i, I this was the moment that i was like, okay now we got to seize this moment and just uh, took a chance and opened up uh, Waxman's Gym, which was at, at the time, I believe. Now, i I'm, somebody might dispute me on this, and, and I'm welcome. I welcome the dispute, but I think it was the first weightlifting only gym. All I did was was a statue clean and jerk, and I didn't. I didn't have like it wasn't in the back of a CrossFit. It was a standalone building taught stature snatch clean and jerk and that was my only income so I think I'm the first guy that did that but I, I don't know anyway
0: what was your yeah. first what was your first perception of CrossFit because I've heard this from I've talked to a lot of different coaches a lot of the weightlifting coaches in the US and even internationally right now who have big programs they got a lot of lifters they got international level athletes they got youth programs and they all had different impressions as far as this this CrossFit thing Now, now everyone's perception of it right now is generally thankful because they wouldn't be in those positions if CrossFit hadn't grown awareness of weightlifting. But if you talk about that first impression, some people are like, oh, I thought it was the coolest thing. And some people are like, can you get a load of this crap? What was your, Where were you on the spectrum?
1: I know the exact moment when I, my, when I first saw CrossFit. So Mike Bergner contacted me 10, 11 years ago, whatever it was. And he said, man, I'm, um, cause at the time, the only way like coaches can make a living or not a living, but make money teaching weightlifting was the courses, the, 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 the certification courses that USA weightlifting were giving. And, and there weren't a lot of them to give because it wasn't a lot of people interested. So I, I so I, I talked to Mike Bergner and he says, man, I'm teaching these weightlifting certifications for this thing called CrossFit. And he said, It's crazy. These people are nuts about weightlifting. And he says, I, they can't they can't get enough of it. I was like, What the hell are you talking about? So he says, Yeah, they're having the their like um their, like their major competition, which is the CrossFit Games, which is the, it was the second one in Aromas at the ranch. So it's two thousand and eight.
0: What's that? So this is two thousand eight, the second the second ever CrossFit Games.
1: Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. And he says you got to come up. I said I'll introduce you to, to the guy that owns it, started it, and you know all the people that are involved. You got to come check this out. I was like sure, so I did. I drove up to the ranch and uh, parked my car. I now mean, I, I really have like very vivid memory of this. So I parked my car, and those of you that haven't been there, it was like a huge open area where you park your car, and then there was like this a little bit of an incline up. And then like goes down and there's and there was like the 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 event. So you can't like you park, you really can't see much. So I parked a car and I, and I walked over and I kind of came down and the first thing I saw, first thing, it was like this roped off area. And I don't know how it had to have been 10 or 15, or maybe 20 people on the dirt with mats doing like, cleaning tricks. And I said, holy shit. I said, I haven't seen, call it, 15 people ever in one space doing cleaning insurance. And they're not even, and they're paying you to do it. And I said, holy shit. I said, now this is the time. So that was my, so my first impression was like, holy shit, I think I can teach weightlifting for a living. Because, you know, they need help, obviously. I mean, back then it was terrible. <laughs> um, so it's come so far now, but, uh, and I said, Oh shit, this is exactly my, this is going to be my opportunity. So on the way home, so I stayed the weekend. It was great. Uh, and that's where I met John Wellborn. I met, uh, I spent the, spent a lot, a lot with, 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 uh, coach Glassman and, and, uh, Dave Castro it was great. You know, I got the chance to really bond with those guys. And, and then, uh, on the way home, I said, all right, I'm going to shit can this strength and conditioning business, which by the way, I was killing it. I was making a ton of money with the strength and conditioning business, and I said, "I don't care." I mean, I've never was a money motivated guy anyway. But uh, I said, "I'm getting, re- I'm, I'm stopping that. I'm rebranding. I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach weightlifting." And this
0: is all over the course of like one day. This, this happened,
1: dude. It happened within thirty seconds. I saw that, and I said, "Okay, now it's time." Look, I had this vision. I can't talk about how I got the vision. It's a it's a it's a G-rated show, but <laughs> um, I got this vision ninety five. You know, I knew exactly what I wanted. No, actually, no, it was before that. I was like ninety three. I knew exactly what I wanted. In fact, my mom tells a story. See, the first time they came out to visit me in California, I was sitting in the living room. I was in my, in my play uh, in the kitchen of my, in where I was living. And I was telling my mom, "Yeah, I want to open up a, I'm going to open up a gym, a weightlifting only gym, and I'm going to teach weightlifters and I'm going to coach coaches." And my and my parents looked at each other and they said, "Oh my God, we're going to be supporting him for the rest of our lives."
0: <laughs> they're they're very patient parents. I'm I'm sure that it was uh, it was cathartic to eventually prove to them that hey, this could be a business. This could be a thing.
1: You know, one thing my parents know about me: if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So. Uh, that's just how the kind of person, the kid I was, the kind of the man I am. Uh, so they, they, didn't, they didn't really, uh, I mean, they were, they were, they, they were surprised because it was very off the beat path, but they would expect that for me because I never did anything that I should have done or that everybody else does. So par for the course,
0: let's talk about coaching style. And you are someone who I've I've gotten the pleasure to know over the past few years as a, as a broadcaster, doing color commentary, working on other yeah. projects at events. But fortunately or unfortunately, I'm a little bit old now, but I've never been coached by you. So I don't know firsthand what the Waxman coaching experience is like. How would you describe your coaching style and how would that compare to some of the other styles or general coaching approaches that people might be familiar with, especially in the United
1: States? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I, my coaching style is (laughs) long-term. It's, uh, um, I'm not a, like, I'm not a yeller. People like, I think I have, like, people might must think I I scream and yell. I, I don't know the last time I, I raised my voice. To somebody um a patient uh i don't know i don't know if i have a style you know it's it's uh you know i have a focus of you know what i what i need to get done you know i really i'm, I'm a problem I mean, I, I, the thing that drew me to weightlifting is is the problem solving part of it you know so my brain's constantly going i mean constantly going i'm looking at You know, looking at what I'm seeing and I'm, and I'm, I'm figuring out the angles and I'm figuring out, you know, how do I, what's the best approach? You know, and then, uh, so, you know, I'm not a, like, I'm not a rah rah guy either. You know, I think I got that from Tucano. You know, he's not like a cheerleader. I'm not a cheerleader. You know, and, and if you're expecting like, uh, you know, like fire and brimstone, you're not going to get it from me. Uh, I expect my athletes to be motivated, mm-hmm. you know, and I look, I'll kick you in the ass when you have to, when, when you need it. But you know, if you don't, if you can't bring a certain level of commitment to the to, to, to the sport with you, you know, I'm not going to give it to you, you know. So I don't know what my style is. You got to ask some of my athletes, man.
0: That's a, that's a fantastic point. You're not going to be objective about yourself. So
1: yeah, that'll be I am who I am. You know, look, I'm 50 years old, man. This is it. I, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm not changing now. So I don't know what I, I mean. I've had good, I've had a pretty good relationship with my athletes. You know, I don't, other than a, you know a couple of <laughs> that have left, uh, uh, under, under, uh, tumultuous circumstances uh you know i i uh people people tend to stay at my gym like once they join they don't leave mm-hmm. so you know that that maybe that tells you everything you need to know
0: here's a here's a question that i've actually never asked a weightlifting coach before yeah but it's something that i've been told by a weightlifting coach and okay and so i'm, I'm curious as to your perspective on it if you have to have these conversations and weightlifting coaches do have to have these conversations and you're, you're, and you're a realistic guy where you have to tell an athlete like, Hey, maybe your hopes and dreams, maybe that elite level you think you're going to get to, maybe it's not a reasonable expectation. Maybe you're not going to be an Olympian. Maybe you're not going to be an international team member. Maybe you're not going to be a national champion. Maybe you're not going to be nationally competitive. How do you approach those sorts of conversations with those athletes, people who might come in with lofty expectations and they need a little bit of a dose of reality. Cause you're someone who's always told when in our conversations, you've always told me things very straight and I'm curious how you approach these conversations with athletes, because I know it's something that every coach has to do and anyone telling you otherwise saying they've never had this conversation. That's a bunch of baloney.
1: It's, uh, it's an interesting question. And, and so I look at that a little bit differently. Um so if you're gonna if you're gonna do this sport, then you know, I, I'm talking about weightlifting. I'm not, I'm not saying this is unique to weightlifting, but the weightlifting has some unique things to it. Uh, uh but to to, to to come to this thing every day, you know, to, to put in the work and to sacrifice and you know, all the stuff you have to do. Um, you have to have, everybody's got to have a why, right? You know, why are they doing it? You know, and it's more than a medal, right? It's not the medal. You know, it's not this. You know, what are the, what's the thing? You know, wh- what's your why for coming? And, you know, that's what I try to keep my athletes focused on. Um, because you don't, you really don't have a lot of control over those other outcomes am i going to make the olympic team because you don't have control over that if we have four spots and you're the fifth best lifter i mean you did all you can do and you didn't make it so it's not about the it's really not about the outcome it's really about the process because that's where the the um the benefit of the uh, of the experience lies and and i really try to keep my athletes focused on the process uh they're wise Uh, rather than the outcome. So, you know, uh, I can say with, with, uh, pretty fair certainty that the chances of anybody becoming an Olympian are slim to none. You know, it doesn't mean that that's not, that shouldn't be something that's, that shouldn't be a carrot that's being dangled out there. And, you know, until you know, you don't know, right? It's just, A lot of shit can happen. Um, But, you know, i it's a red flag to me if somebody comes in to my gym the first day and says, I'm going to be an Olympian. Because that's just, they're focused on the wrong thing. They should focus on showing up tomorrow. You know, and then we'll worry about them showing up the next day. Because that's what most athletes can't do. So, uh, so I don't, I never tell somebody, I don't have to, like, I've never had to have that conversation, to be honest. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not lying to you. Uh, I, I think that it's, it's dangerous, like nationals and things like that different, but it's like playing like, you know, when you kid, kiddo, I want to play, you know, I want to play in the NFL. All right. Well, how about you want to make your high school team? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you haven't made the nationals yet, let's not talk about the Olympics. You know, you make the nationals. Great. Let's talk about making an international team. All right? So if you make that international team. You know, and, and then we can have we can start to think about it differently. But like, I try to keep it's OK to have that thought in your head. But what's the next goal? Right. What's the next step in the process? And I think that keeps people focused on the right things and it aligns their their goals and it clarifies their whys.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I, what's that? That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Go about it. Think about it sequentially. I mean, you're not going to, you can't skip steps two, three, and four between one and five.
1: No, no, no. I mean, it's it's so, I think that, I try to set it up to where the athletes can they can color in their own coloring book, you mm-hmm. know, they can they, they, and, and they figured it out themselves because that's really what we you know, what I what I want to do is I want to create uh, self-reliant young men and women. Right. So they don't need me to, to, to hold their hand through the whole journey. You know, they're going to need me to steer the car a little bit so they don't whack into the tree. But they don't, they're not going to need me to drive that car.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and, and that's what I strive to do because that to me is the greatest gift you can give them, right? Is this confidence and this self-reliance. And, you know, not that it's, they not that I, I, I'm i not, I'm absent. I'm, I'm 100% present. You know, I'm giving him, I'm, I'm paving, I, I'm building the road you know, but that drives on the
0: road. Let's take it out to the macro scale a little bit. Yeah. You're, you're, you serve on the board of USA weightlifting. I do. And I know that weightlifting's development in the United States is something that you're particularly passionate about. And it's something that, <laughs> that. You, sp- you spend, uh, I know spend a lot of energy waking hours, probably some sleeping hours. I'm sure you dream about it too. And you've, been witness to that over two and a half decades in various forms now in a very intimate level. What do you think the U S is doing correctly in weightlifting right now? And what do you think is still missing? Could be the organizational level could be down at the local level or, you know, among small clubs. What do you think is still missing in the United States when it comes
1: to competitive weightlifting? So, I, I, I can think of two, like, very big, uh, areas. And I, and, and I take it, and I take these things from our mission statement, right? Because look, when every, you know, an organization has a mission, you know, our, our mission is, uh, is twofold, right? It's, it's competitive. It's, it's developed competitive excellence, right? And it's to, uh, and it's promote and, and grow, uh, weightlifting in the United States. So th- that's essentially the, the, two parts of our mission. So I think the first part of our mission to improve competitive excellence, I think, you know, we're doing, we're doing a better job now than we probably ever have done. So I think that, you know, under the guidance, uh, under the guide of, of Phil Andrews, because certainly those other uh, people, is, I don't want to curse uh, the other, the, the other, the other gentlemen that were before him. That's such a great job. But Phil, you know, has is, is done a great job uh, improving our capacity. And just for, for
0: just to give context uh, for folks listening who might not be familiar with the governance of USA Weightlifting, Phil Andrews is the CEO of USA Weightlifting and has served in that capacity since. Roughly 2016, end of 2015, early 2016.
1: Yeah, but he had, he also had influence before then on our events. I mean, he was the event coordinator, right? So he did a really good job uh, getting our events to be better and and so you know he he definitely had some influence even before he became CEO. So um, you know, I think uh, he definitely was a catalyst. And taking care of the competitive excellence part. Um, but I think the second part of our mission, uh, and it's, it's, it's to promote and grow weightlifting in the U S. To me, that's a little bit of a mystery to me. Like I, 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 I don't know what we're doing with that because, um, for, I think for a number of different reasons, I think that, you know, so look, I, I, I'm involved with a number of businesses, uh, in, in the barbell, uh, um, in the barbell space. So I, you know, I get, and I got to keep my eye on, uh, I, I got to pay attention to what's going on. You know, I got to, I got to recognize trends. I got to, you know, I got to, uh, uh, look at f- recognize threats and opportunities and, you know, and, and I got to act appropriately, you know, based on, what the environment tells me. So, you know, I've been getting this feedback from a number of different places that, um, you know, our membership numbers, I think are, are not growing like they were, you know, our, our, our coaching course participation is, is, is definitely down from five years ago. Um, gyms are having a hard time staying open. So, you know, although we've, I think some people thought that once our competitive excellence was better, then that would trickle down into 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 growth, and it has it. So I'm saying, okay, so what are we doing for that? You know, and this is a this is a big concern of mine. You know, especially now because we look at you know CrossFit, which really, if you think about, it was our number one third party promoter. I mean, USA Weightlifting did not really do a good job promoting themselves because they didn't have to crossfit did it right so we had this huge explosion because of crossfit which is great but that's changing now because crossfit's moving away from from elite performance i mean they're they're moving towards the average person you look at their videos now right it's it's you know people getting off the couch or it's it's the, the the models in the video are older people Right. And 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 uh and I and I'm involved with a lot of CrossFit gyms, a lot of influences in CrossFit. And they're telling me that they're not recommending the Olympic lifts anymore to general fitness. Not because they, they're they're against them, right? It's just because they don't necessarily need the their complexity, right. you know, for their for for, for, for right. The right. Be the most
0: useful? Are you gonna get the most bang for your buck to teach a seventy-year-old how to do the squat snatch right. Or maybe how to do a really good bodyweight squat. You know, what's going to be more effective there.
1: Right. Right. And, you know, just from personal experience, you know, the majority of people that come to my gym now are not coming from CrossFit, you know, where 10 years ago it was only CrossFit. So like if we're, you know, if our number one promoter is changing its focus, then, and we see some of these numbers, you know, of, of gym owners having a hard time with their keeping their Gyms open. Our numbers are down on some of the metrics of, uh, as far as like coaching courses, stuff and membership growth. Uh, then I'm thinking, okay, what are we doing to promote? You know, and I'm going to that board meeting this weekend. I'll find out a little bit more. You know, I'm not saying we're not doing anything. I'm saying I don't know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'd like to know, um, uh, you know, what, What's our plan? You know, what what are we going to do with that plan? What's our, you know, what's our message? Like, what are we, you know, all that stuff. And I don't know the answers to that, which I'm hoping, you know, we can figure that out as a board. Because I think we're going to need, for the first time, you know, we're going to need to take the reins and take control of our own destiny. Because we can't rely on a third party to do it anymore.
0: Sean, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and discuss some of these questions, big and small and weightlifting and the surrounding. Environment, but I definitely want to make sure we get the opportunity at the end of the conversation here to chat about where folks can follow along with the work you do, with the work at Waxman's yeah. Gym, and some of the other Absolutely. cool projects that you're involved with in the strength training and weightlifting spaces. Absolutely. So, where can, folks, uh, where can folks keep in touch with you and follow along with what's going on with you and your athletes in Waxman's Gym? What's the best place to do that?
1: Well, uh, Waxman's Gym, uh, if you're in LA, you know, we are, uh, located in Los Angeles. Well, I mean, it's Lawndale, which nobody knows what Lawndale is, but, uh, uh, we are involved, uh, uh, we are in LA, um, we're online at, wa- uh, Waxman's gym, uh, dot com and on Facebook and Instagram and all that good stuff. Um, we have, I, yeah, we're always doing, uh, uh, I'm one of the instructors for USAW for their, for their level one. Um, so I have, that's always on USAW website. We're doing our, our coaches course, uh, which, uh, is our own method. And, uh, we have really good, uh, really good feedback that people really like it kind of just teach, teach people how we teach. So it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's for coaches. And, um, our next one is November 15th to the 17th. And it's uh, three days. So it's, uh, pretty intensive. And, uh, lastly, I'm involved with, uh, with Training IQ, which is a, um, customized online, uh, down to your phone, uh, programming. It's, it's customized to your whatever you, whatever problems that you got. Uh, we take we take that into consideration, and and the program is designed specifically for your for your weaknesses. So it's been pretty cool. We just we just partnered with uh, RP uh, Renaissance Periodization, so uh, where the two of us work together. So we'll be servicing. They'll be shredding them up, and we'll be making them snatch clean and jerk better.
0: <laughs> that's a that's a so, potent combo, there, Sean. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Well, Sean Waxman, thank you so much for your time. I look forward to touching base in person whether it's at uh, a weightlifting event doing color commentary or maybe at a hotel bar or restaurant in the very near future for a big event are so. you
1: going to thailand
0: i will not be in thailand i won't be in thailand this year but uh, i'll be at uh, i'll definitely see you at ao finals you're going to that right
1: i am i will have athletes so uh, maybe we'll do uh, maybe you and then myself and junior we can uh, do some uh, we can bring the band back together <laughs>
0: Sounds dangerous, but but good to me. Awesome. Well, Sean Waxman, thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure.
1: Thanks, Dave.